Welcome to episode 103 of the Black and Fashion Podcast. I am Lenise Collier. I am your host. Oh, guys, can you believe we are in the 100s now? Like, it's it's like unbelievable to me at this point. <laughs> and of course, I can't start any podcast without acknowledging my amazing, amazing sponsors. This episode is brought to you by 620 Style. 620 Style is a um, a brand based right here um, on the East Coast. Um, she is the queen of the flare pants. She goes for a urban chic look. She has amazing pieces and has been one of our longest lasting podcast sponsors and LC Apparel so make sure you guys shop 620 style and of course our our um, podcast is also sponsored by the alumni group they are a hbcu alumni group that hosts multiple parties and brunches for the black elite crowd so make sure you check out their brunches right here in brooklyn they do brunches in la and they plan black travel to jamaica and mexico so check out their page for all of the details so today I am joined with Miss Jessica, Miss yes. Irregular Exposure, Miss Fashionpreneur <laughs> Academy. <laughs> hey Jess, thank you for joining me today. How are you? I am great. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I ain't even started with an introduction yet. All I did was call out the names, honey. <laughs> <laughs> But introduction, this girl right here is a, a mentor of mine. Help, you know, it's everything. She is a big, 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 big deal in the fashion world when it comes to business, when it comes to sales and marketing. Um, she knows how to help you scale your business. She has an amazing company with an amazing community behind her. Just started out young in this game. She started with designing and doing custom work and have evolved and elevated her business to have her own brand and continue to support and help emerging and inspiring fashion designers and people who they want to work in the fashion business. So just come on, girl. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, of course, we're going to jump in. Let's hear. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people already know you, but for the people that don't, we want to know where you're from, um, how you got started, and just like a little bit about your background. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you for the official introduction. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I got started in the fashion industry. I'm going to say I started my journey at like age 14, honestly. Um, I started in Baltimore, where I'm from, from Baltimore. Baltimore. And from Baltimore. <laughs> and it started with uh, my grandmother. My grandmother was a seamstress. Uh, she did that kind of as a hobby at first. Um, and it was something that she aspired to have a career in, but never really got into or around to really making a career out of it. Um, so I ended up being inspired by her. Um, I used to watch her make my sister and my cousin's prom gowns and I would watch her just be a part of these women's, uh, special uh, occasions in their lives. And I was so inspired by it at such a young age. So, um, when I was 14, my mom placed me in a entrepreneurship program and we all, all like seven of us that were in the program, we had to create a business. And I literally stuck with fashion from the day I saw my grandmother sew. And that's what I went in with. Um, I created the business name, me and my sister, one day. 
um, and that comes from really my city. There was a really great salon uh, in Baltimore called Double Exposure. And I was so inspired because that was like the first example of young entrepreneurship um, and women entrepreneurship, black ownership in my city that I had saw. So I got inspired by that. Um, and then there was a shoe brand that's still around called Irregular Choice. And I used to save up every penny to buy Irregular Choice shoes. I remember them. Yes. <laughs> so I literally said, I'm going to combine my love for fashion and creativity um, and organic creativity because Irregular Choice is like the most organic. Um, I wanted to combine that with just black entrepreneurship. So that that's where the name Irregular Exposure was born. Um, and yeah, we just grew and grew and grew. Uh, fast forward, I was in high school making custom hoodies, uh, prom gowns, wedding gowns. I made all my prom gowns, um, all of my friends' prom gowns. I was making wedding gowns for women double my age. Um, and I remember following that, I moved to Philly, went to school for fashion design. And after graduation, I moved back to Baltimore, worked in property management for a few years. Um, and then I took that leap of faith, went into full-time entrepreneurship in just 2016. It wasn't that long ago, April, 2016. And, um, things just took off from there. I became a full-time ready to wear fashion designer, cut off all custom design services, like wedding gowns and prom gowns and just custom services overall. I shut them down, went straight after my dream, which was ready to wear. I showed in my first fashion show in New York fashion week, which changed my life and, here we are today. Uh, we've relocated from Baltimore to LA, been here for almost three years as of December and God is just doing it, man. We just are continuing to scale, um, delegate, uh, create new opportunities and positions. So that's, that's really where we are. That's great. That's amazing. So Tell us about where you are right now. So like the history and everything that you've been through and then like now relocated, um, uh, running your business during uh, and, you know, sustaining yourself through the pandemic. What is things looking like for you right now on a day to day? Like how do you spend your days? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Loaded question. Things have changed a lot post COVID. It's crazy. Yesterday I was on Instagram live. Um, and I was talking, somebody, somebody had asked if, um, the supply chain had been affected for me and I'm like, yeah, me and everyone else in the industry and, in all, and pretty much all, all over all industries. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, 2019 was my first full year of relocation in LA for regular exposure, my clothing company. So we were new here. We were fresh. We were seeing a lot of great success. We were just like thriving 2019 2020 i mean it was our biggest year yet i had reached my biggest sales yet it was the most growth i had ever seen in my companies um it was tremendous and you got to remember everybody was online shopping so everyone was stuck at home everyone was getting free money you know and they were spending <laughs> it at a regular exposure.com and now it's post it's fourth quarter post covid so things are completely different now this year has been extremely different. It's been extremely um, challenging in regards to understanding our customer. But I have to say it's been a blessing because it's required for us to be very black and white. We're not overthinking things. I've really simplified my way of working um, and simplified my businesses. One thing that we've always been known for is 
our regular girl is the everyday woman. We like to showcase all body types. We like to include all body types. Um, we like to showcase um, the fact that since we are designing our styles, we can really expand on sizing. Um, and we're known for our creativity. Our stuff is just like exaggerated masculine pieces, like the average classic sweatpants. We're gonna cut them up and turn them into corseted shorts with a cutout. Like that's just what we do. So I feel like um, I've been pushed creatively back into exactly where IE needs to be at with COVID, post-COVID. I feel like I was kind of going off into a tangent as a designer, like trying a lot of new things. And I'm still trying new things, but I'm sticking to the culture and the essence of IE now. I feel like last year was so easy to get money that it was like, shoot, I can just sell a trash bag. I can just sell something simple. I can go for this simplistic garment. I can recreate some older pieces. And you know this, Lenise, from being, you know, a pattern maker and, and doing services within LC Apparel, you know, I was like, let me go back and save some money and pull some old patterns and revise them. Mm -hmm. um, so I got <laughs> very, very creative on saving money. Um, and very creative as a designer. Um, I've become very much more financially fit. I had a meeting with my accountant yesterday and she was like, you are doing the best. And I have to tell you that a lot of our clients are not doing well right now. Like the economy is screwed up. And for you to still be seeing what you're seeing right now is insane to me. I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, and I'm sitting here thinking, we gotta do better. We gotta go bigger. Mm -hmm. So I feel like for me, I'm in a place of really being black and white and listening to my customers. So um, all in all, what I truly mean by that is not going off on a tangent, not trying. I'm taking risk, but calculated risk. I'm trying things new based off what has been top sellers. So for example, if we have this piece that was a top seller during COVID and prior to COVID, we're bringing that out in a different colorway, right. a different fabric. We're reconstructing that and changing and, re and revising the pattern instead of getting an entirely new pattern created. So I'm being very mindful of the budget and also being mindful of the fact that we don't know where the economy is going. It's in the worst yeah. place it's been in right now. Um, so I'm being very aware of that and also diversifying my marketing. Um, I'm being very creative with how we market. Uh, we've been talking about getting in person, doing some things to ve very much so be in person with our customers. So we're getting a little bit out of our comfort zone of staying online behind the scenes. And we're starting to discuss just getting in person more in 2022. So I'm still so blessed and grateful to be in a very good place. I know I was talking to one of my good friends yesterday. Um, she has, she's literally closing her store. She has an amazing storefront. She has to close it. Um, like there are people that are truly being affected. I talk to my peers all the time. One of my friends that does very well per month, she's like, I'm at my lowest months right now. You know, so for me to still be profitable and positive, I'm just grateful to be there because things have changed. Ooh, things yeah. have changed. Who <laughs> Girl, who you yeah. tell? Yeah, I know exactly exactly what you what you mean by that. Like this, um, for me has the same. Like fourth quarter is it's a struggle, you know, but you know, that's why yeah. I always tell people don't like never depend on one source of revenue. You know, you gotta have that willingness and like have like that serial entrepreneur mentality and be able to step outside yeah. of what you normally do and do take risk and start doing other things or fulfilling other hobbies that are also profitable as well. So Yeah, exactly. So I'm getting this has also forced me to get out of my comfort zone. So I am starting um I am working on another fashion business. Um, so it's actually going to be a clothing company, but that's like more of a silent investment. So I'm working on that, but okay. I'm starting to dabble in things that I was like, 
I'm opening the doors to see what else is out there. Mm -hmm. um, I've been doing fashion my whole life, and that's all I do. That's that's who I am. Right. Um, so now I'm starting to like really diversify my interests more, and I'm always going to stay in fashion. Fashion is still a billion dollar industry. It's a reason that the Hermes bag and the Chanel jumbo continue to increase in value every year. Yeah. Like this industry is not going anywhere. So I'm not going anywhere. I'm only expanding, but I'm in a place where I want to also be mindful of investing. Mm -hmm. um, Cause we don't know what the fit COVID showed all of us. We need to be investors. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't show nothing, it definitely showed that. Yes. And they had a pivot, you know, and I talk a lot about that, like in my mentorship packages, like, yo, y'all got to have a whole pivot strategy because you just never know. Like, what else can we exactly. tap into? What else can we do? A girl, I didn't tap into the event in the event industry, like hosting and like running out my space and cooking Smart. and all type of stuff. I'm just like, you know what? I got to do what I got to do, honey. You got to do what you got to do. You got to diversify. You got to be creative and you got to cut the budget. You mm -hmm. got to save. You got to be mindful of expenses. And you got to keep the valuable people and valuable things. Um, I'm so blessed. We have, we've never, we've not had to do that. Thank God. Like, I know people that literally had to cut their best people because mm -hmm. they couldn't afford it, you know? So I'm just so grateful for where we are. But yeah, I'm getting creative in, you know, my, my ideas of where I want to go in the future. But fashion is still my 100% um that's that ain't going nowhere gotcha so what would you say or can you name what would you say but like can you tell us about a time um my segment is called it's a success or it's a disaster something went like completely wrong like in your business but you learned mm -hmm. something from that situation and you maybe adopted a new procedure or just something that you did differently yeah yes oh i've had a situation that went wrong yes yeah, so tell us about that <laughs> what's the most so memorable had, one? Oh, oh i'm gonna give you the most memorable <laughs> so i had one business owners listen up um the biggest challenge i always hear about from young entrepreneurs um at least in my industry is employees finding team members that are solid and loyal through the tough times um you know also being mindful of um, keeping those restrictions in place as far as boundaries and things like that. And I remember I had an employee, a previous employee that was, wasn't with us long and things did not work out. Um, this person had come to me wanting an increased salary. I was just like, absolutely not. So things didn't work out. Um, and this person literally went a whole different route from what I expected her to go. Um, after we parted ways, um, this person ended up trying to get some free money, trying to make a lot of allegations. Like Ooh. it was just bad. But what I want you all to know from this story is I knew that this person wasn't the best fit for my company, probably within like the first 30 to 60 days. <laughs> like, honestly. Really? Um, yeah. And that was, this person was hired in fourth quarter, which is a really tough time where I was like, you know what? I'm going to replace this person when I have time. But I've always been the person that says be quick to fire, but I didn't take my own advice at that time. And boy, did it bite me in the butt where it's something I'm probably going to have to deal with for like the next three years. Thank God. God is on my side. I'm not even concerned about it, but it's the fact of like, you have to trust yeah, and God is telling you, you're not even your gut when God is literally showing you what someone is and what, what, what things are, believe it when it is revealed to you. Um, and act accordingly. Don't sit in it. Um, don't allow people to 
train on your dime when they're supposed to be an expert in it. Um, and Woo. I think that that Woo. is what I learned. So I am blessed today to have the most solid staff, you know, all positive vibes, all great leaders, all great innovators, all great people that are willing to sacrifice and start out at the intern level before moving into certain levels. Um, they're willing to work in different conditions, just leaders. Um, mm -hmm. And I make sure that that's what I intend. When I tell you, I, I was like, oh, I'm that changed me forever. So something that I put in place was hiring an HR team um, and making sure that my HR team had everything black and white and paper on what expectations are for the company. Um, to this day, I remember I had an emergency meeting a couple weeks ago. Like, you know what? I realized some things that I could do better in. I want you guys to know what I think you guys could be expanding in and maximizing in. And I literally had meeting after meeting after meeting all day, just delegating. This is what we need to do. This is what we can't do. This is what I can. This is why I have the bandwidth to do. Boom, boom, boom. Um, so, yeah, I hired an HR team after that. Um, and then I just made sure as far as delegation and communication, I was 10 times better than I already was. I've always been pretty good at communication, mm -hmm. but I mean, elite, like, I can tell you the date and time. Yeah, <laughs> so, like streamlined. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, so now when, um, you know, I talk to my students or people that, you know, I want to start companies, even just friends of mine. And they look at it like, oh, you know, I'm hiring this friend or and this person wasn't a friend of mine at all. This was someone I didn't know. But I, I see a lot of people that want to hire family and friends and my cousin. I want to hook them up. If they are not qualified for the position, why are you playing with your business like that? Like yeah. you can't. So it's the same for if you, you know, hire someone that just simply is not the best fit. Why are you playing with your business like that this is your business and um i never forget that i read somewhere that you know the right employee the right team member should quadruple their salary in their value not even just off like just sales but their value because they're here i make four times more there's not any leader on my team i have two leaders on my team mm -hmm. both of them every time like i have no concerns when i wake up because i already know so i feel like you have to be mindful of what positions need to be filled, how to fill them, but make sure y'all get an HR team, get, get the documents straight now. Don't think cause it's your cousin. They ain't got to sign up and <laughs> they just going to come. They just going to come help you ship some orders. Next thing you know, they slip and fall and you got a lawsuit and yeah. you got to pay it. Um, or if you got an independent contractor and they're doing employee work, they can sue you and get unemployment because technically they were an employee because their contract says they're only doing A, B and C, but you got them doing E and F. So I learned, all of these things so the that is the biggest challenge that i had to face um earlier this year mm -hmm. and that i learned from like don't cut call, don't cut nothing short when it comes to employees gotcha. nothing yeah, oh yeah so you like know, run I've your had, business like corporate you know i've had a whirlwind of them within the past year you yes. know so i've had a yes. few that came in and they had to lead to um mm -hmm. and from every situation i would say i learned something um that i needed to add or incorporate i've even done legal training with the team so they know what they can say in yeah. the email what they can't say you know because i feel like um when, when any mistakes and something like that occur i gotta look back on myself like well i did put it in place and maybe i didn't set i didn't set them up for success or maybe i you know was falling in love with potential opposed to exactly yep. what they could do so oh yeah i didn't learn my lesson when it came to that too 
And uh, what you said about that slip <laughs> yeah. and fall, girl, I got work this comp too, because I ain't got time. Yo, I got that too. <laughs> I got everything. I got yeah. the work this comp. I got the business insurance, everything. Everything. You just never Hit know. Hit me for anything. And if something ends, like you said, bad, ooh, honey, because then people get really mad. Like I had a couple people that one side, they was out the door, they was pissed, you know, want to drag oh, your name yeah. through the mud and all that crazy uh, mess. Like, girl, you better yeah. go somewhere and sit down knowing you was in here fucking up, costing me money. You better sit your ass yeah. down somewhere. Yeah, that, that's the way <laughs> You. <laughs> I've had multiple situations like that multiple where it's just like you know I don't know as far as dragging my name but I know like when on one day I was you love being here this was the best job you ever had and then the day that you left it's like this 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 and that I've been yeah. in that situation and I've you know every time continue to wish those people the best of luck left with a positive attitude every mm-hmm. time no matter how angry I was um, you know, I always made sure that last or your last experience with me was nothing short of positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I made sure I was like, you know what, all I can do at least is try to go out with positivity no matter what. So that's yeah, man, that's do. why you got to head all that's why you had them boundaries in place. Like I, I see why corporate moves in a corporate manner. I, mm-hmm. I really understand it now. I see why I can't work in the same office with my team all the time. I've, I've usually come in probably once or twice a week max. Like today's my yeah, first day in this week. I've been week. doing that too. Yeah, yeah, I can't come in the same space. I have to trust and delegate and trust that my team is going to delegate. I have certain hours. You can't call me all day asking mm-hmm. questions. If that's the case, you're in the wrong position and you're not qualified for the job because I've trained you successfully. Ooh, um, I like that. I'm not. Yeah, that's 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 literally that's where I'm at. That's where I had to get to. I don't care if it's fourth quarter or first quarter. I'm not holding on to anything too long because I've mm-hmm. been through that. That's a great thing about life. Like we go through lessons and the great thing about lessons is you learn how to identify when it's happening again. And now you know right. what you're not going to allow. So I look at everything as like a valuable lesson. Gotcha. So tell me this. So you do you work a lot from home or do like you do you go like hide in a coffee shop? And what does that look like for you? And what advice can you give um, to business owners that do, are working solo and working at home, like how to stay motivated and to make sure that being at home doesn't necessarily mean like you get to like lay up on the couch and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very disciplined. So I do work from home. I moved into like my dream place before buying a home out here in LA. I moved into like my last place that I wanted to have as a single woman. Mm-hmm. So I moved in there last year. So I purposely got a place that had an additional room and loft. Um, so I have like an additional room downstairs, upstairs. I have a loft space that I turned into an office with a desk, piles and piles of fabric, <laughs> like everything you can think of is up there. Um, my sketch pad, I, I literally am overlooking like, uh, trees and, um, mountains. So I'm inspired just by that nature that I wake up to. And that's where I sit and I work at. So I'm fully up and dressed. 8 a.m. Salad is a late day for me. Like I'm fully dressed at that desk. My bed is made. I'm at that desk. I am disciplined. Um, Also, my executive assistant, Josie, holds me accountable a lot. Um, She, we set hours where Monday I work eight to six. Those are the hours. That's just what it is. Tuesday, I work certain hours. Wednesday is a lighter day for me. Not necessarily lighter, but it's a day where I work out of the office. Um, But for the well, out of my home office. But for the most part, I work from home probably four days a week and come in the office once. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm disciplined, though. I purposely do not sit on the couch. I have a living room. I don't work from my living room. I purposely got a desk to work from. 
um, so that I can stay separated. I don't watch TV while I'm working. I don't, I literally am like in a corporate office setting. You That's how I break? keep it and treat it. I do take a lunch break. I take a 30 minute <laughs> lunch break and sometimes I'll get into 35 minutes, but nothing over that. I literally treat myself like I have a CEO and a boss because I never want God to think that I'm taking for granted what he's blessed me with because they can be taken like this has taught us post COVID has taught us. Right. I'm seeing people close doors left and right. And, you know, I, I got to say that I'm so grateful. My accountant told me like, girl, you're like our one of our top performers this month. I'm like, really? I felt like it was a weird month. It was a good month, but it was a weird month. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't consistent in what we thought would be a top seller or what we thought would be a lower seller became the top seller. Like it was just odd. And um, I'm like, you could just literally tell that it's something bigger than me guiding me at this point. Cause there's no way that my business should be doing as positive as it is at this time. It's mm -hmm. something else. It's God. So for me, I don't ever want God to take think I'm taking anything for granted. Um, I take my weekends off. I will not pick up a computer right now. Saturdays and Sundays, I try my best. That's but, very um, disciplined. See, I got yeah, to do that. That's very hard for me. <laughs> I, I, I had to. I had to. See, I, there was a point where I was working seven days a week, and I realized this is unhealthy. And that's not what I signed up. That's not what I asked to do this or be this for, like mm -hmm. to be a slave. Like, I want to go eat. I want to have brunch Saturday afternoon. I want to go to the the beach. I want to not have to check my emails and get anxiety every time to see if somebody's asking for something. Like, I honestly also stop um, doing work that's hard. I don't like hard work. I like work that's <laughs> smart. So like, that makes sense. Work smarter. Not yeah, harder. yeah. So I, I I purposely removed things that felt like I was enslaved to people. Mm. Like. I used to offer certain services. No, I don't want anything that makes you think that you have access to me seven days a week because you don't. So anything that makes you even think that way is gone. So I purposely lightened, <laughs> lightened the process because that's what happens. Like we just become slaves because there's so much that's offered and they think mm -hmm. like they own you. Like, and I was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. So, and it's fourth quarter. So this is our time where we, I, I'm working the hardest I've ever worked, but I'm also working smarter. Like I said, me and my assistant are reworking our curriculum for the Fashionpreneur Academy right now. And I called mm -hmm. her yesterday, like, wait, most of this stuff that we're talking about redoing is already done. Let's maximize what's already done and let's see what we need to add value in and remove. So that's what we're doing. We're just maxing out. So now what we thought was going to take us a month to revise, it's going to take us just like a couple of weeks, yeah. you know? So it's, it's just about, being smart, which is, I think sometimes we make stuff harder by adding in all these extra steps. And I was like, nope, I'm yeah. going to work from home. I'm going to work eight hours. And when, like I said, I have a very disciplined schedule where Monday is my long day, eight to six. Tuesday is a nine to five day. Um, Wednesday, I usually get started about 830. Okay. But I'm done, done by about six to 630. It's sometimes a long day if I have to teach like today. Um Thursday is a long day and then Friday is very light almost off like I pretty much work like three hours Fridays um and on Wednesdays I'm only on the computer like three days I'm pretty much working remotely like I said I'll go into the office and check in but I'm not using my brain cells much Wednesday and Friday gotcha that makes sense yeah I'm in like yeah. that, that space too as far as like like in wanting to work smarter and like reposition and make sure that I'm not becoming like a slave too so I definitely feel you on that that is exactly yeah. where I am 
Uh-huh. So before we wrap up and get out of here, my last segment is called "It's a It's a Muse." So if there's anything that you want to recommend um, to a new business owner, entrepreneur, whether it is a book or a mantra or um, a certain scripture in the Bible, is there anything that kind of just inspires you and keeps you moving? Yes. Oh, so many. Let me think of one. Um, I always tell people this. Um, that I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'll give you guys two things. There's a book and then I'll give you something I always stick to. So I love this book. First of all, I love comparing. There's a big comparison of the music industry to fashion. I feel like music, fashion and entertainment all work in one arena. And they push the culture, like what people see, what they wear and what they hear is how that's what that's literally what drives the culture every day. So I think it's a big responsibility. And I am very inspired by this music executive named Jay Prince. He discovered Drake. Well, I think his son discovered Drake or something like that in Houston. He's like a Houston like goat and uh jay prince he's probably like in his 50s or 60s now but his son is up and coming in the music industry as well and they're behind some of the biggest names in music um they've done partnerships and deals with everybody from no limit um to i think they did some stuff with young money for sure like they've done a lot of things and jay prince has a book um i forgot the name of his book let me see it's a book and I think it's called Respect, matter of fact. But he has this autobiography, and the book pretty much covers his whole life. And it talks about, yep, J, J. Prince Respect. That's the name of the book. Okay, I'm, um, I'm saving it right now. Google. Yep, The Art and Science of Respect, to be correct. The Art and Science of Respect. I read this entire book literally on a flight. It changed my life. Listening to how this man um, never took anything personal, put God first, wrote out and executed every dream that was written out. Um, I mean, God was a part of his life from his childhood to his adulthood. He talks about tithing, the importance of God in every chapter. And he had some things against him. Um, He talked about sacrificing and how he had to give up his life in the streets to literally go for everything that he wanted in the music industry. He was down to his last and sacrificed it all to live his dreams. Um, This man is like one of the wealthiest men in the music industry now. He owns like islands, whole islands. And it's insane. He owns like acres of land. Like, I don't want to ruin it for you. The book is so crazy, inspiring. Um, But it, it shows you the value of network. God, resilience, creativity, and being a boss, a true business owner, no matter the fact that you are a creative. So yes, he was a creative. He could have rapped and just been a rapper his whole life, but he chose to master the business of it. And it really shows how much value is in being the the business owner and the creative. So great book. And um, the quote that I live by is you it's very simple you have everything you need that is like my my mantra it's on my wall in my office like you have everything you need you have everything you need so i feel like um i feel like people feel like you know well i can't start my business because i don't have the money i don't have support it's always about what you don't have I've, i've even taught classes where girls will tell me like oh yeah i'm just my boutique my little boutique like they they minimize we minimize what we have because we don't see it at a 
glorious level. And I don't think we realize that we have everything we need. I don't, I'm a product of no business funding, no, you know, and big investor. Um, you have everything you need. It's all in your mindset. So you have everything you need to go after everything you want in life. I don't know if you saw yesterday, the founder of Spanx, like she got like some crazy level of funding, billions of dollars in funding and gave over 500 of her employees round trip flights to wherever they want to go in the world, plus $10,000 spending money, what? over 500 employees. This is what she did yesterday. She started Sphinx in her college dorm. So you can't tell me that we don't have everything we need. Yeah. Like you, you have everything you need. Wow. So that's, that's my mantra. That's see, now that, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to read this book. Look at me. I'm literally adding it to my Amazon cart as we speak. Read it. Literally. You can watch. You go read it tonight. Yeah. Text I'm like, I'm adding done. it to the Amazon cart, cart right now. So I don't forget. <laughs> I'm man, that, 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 it in that man's journey is insane. It's, it's such a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. And you just got to keep the mentality that you got everything you need. I love that. You got everything yeah. you need. Like there's no secret sauce. There's nothing that no one else has um, you, you have everything have. you need you, you got right. it like you got what she was for you you have everything you need stop paying attention to what they got you got everything that you need definitely well thank you so much jess for joining me it has been a pleasure talking Yay. to you as usual <laughs> you know i love you know always. i love our convos <laughs> yeah, like, always. i feel like every time i talk to you it really gets like my mind like rolling rolling like okay you gotta straighten up here you gotta pull this together like every time every conversation Yay. i always love them all <laughs> i i love you so much i appreciate all of our conversations i was just telling you like i just want to pop up on you and just mash them out in new york with you like i just want to get there before the end of the year like yes. When Never. I came to visit you and just seeing what you have accomplished, I was so inspired. Like, this is so major. It's yeah. so major. So I hope you're enjoying this this moment you're I into, am. friend. I, I am. I am. Just trying to stay, you know, like you said, like, not overworking, but, like, being strategic. Like, not working yeah. too hard. Not letting everybody have access to me because some, some of those things are there their energy and their things sometimes can mess with me mentally. So I'm definitely getting yeah. in a space where I'm being very much so more assertive um, as far as like what I want to do and like, you know, re going back to the drama board and replanning and unlearning certain behaviors when it comes to employees and clients and all type of stuff. So I'm definitely in the, in the, I'm trying to build up and make 2020 a great year. So I'm taking a step back, analyzing the shit out of everything so that I can move forward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank That's you. what I like to you. hear. Yes. And I I, all your advice you is so always much. needed, honey. Because I was just like, you know, when you told me about them late fees and convenience fees, I'm like, what the hell I ain't been doing yeah. that? <laughs> Right. Anything that inc anything inconveniences me, you paying for it. Right. I didn't. I don't know why. That, if I wasn't doing that, <laughs> Jess, do you know how you know how much that was like a what the fuck have you been doing? <laughs> but you know you, that your heart is so good and and mine too. Like you know, I I had a I had a business coach that was telling me like you know take everybody that wants to work with you privately, mm -hmm. no matter what. Take everybody that wants to work with you. And I tell people when they're not a good fit for me, and she was like, you got too much heart. And I'm like, no, I, I, I want to save. I can't, I can't mm. take on stress. And I don't want to ever, if I see that someone is not in a best, the best place to get the best result, I'm not going to take it. So, and if it's an inconvenience, mm -hmm. oh, you paying for that. I told Absolutely. somebody today, I had to send an email. Somebody that's been going back and forth for like seven months trying to get a discount. And I'm like, Girl. look, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't start this program today, then it's nothing else to talk about. I'm not going back and forth with you. Like, and, and and you are you're going to pay more. 
Like you're literally gonna have to pay more for my time because you're taking so long. So yeah, charge, charge that. what you need. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I'm gonna charge me and charge my worth. Yes. yes. And as I always say, guys, make sure you check out our sponsors. We always promote uh, amazing black businesses on here. The Black Ass Friday is coming up. It is of course on Black Friday, November 26th. So we're actually looking for vendors right now. If you guys are interested in showcasing your brand, we're not just leaving it to fashion, but all black owned brand so hit me up if you're interested and if not just come through and shop with us on black ass friday as i always say stay black peace out